On today's episode of Locked On Longhorns, Oshawn Mathis breaks my heart. You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. I'm not Will. I'm not Will. As a Texas fan, all offseason, we thought that Oshawn Mathis was coming to the 40 acres. We thought he would end up in the burnt orange and white. He knew and we knew that we had a huge need at the edge position. He's an Austin area kid. We thought it was a perfect fit. We saw the cringeworthy level pitchers that he took on his visit with Gary Patterson. With him and Gary Patterson throwing up the horns. It was Brian Kelly to LSU type cringeworthy. But we needed O'Shawn Mathis, so we looked past it. And honestly, just frankly, Longhorn fans, everybody associated with the 40 acres, we thought that there was no way that he would choose Nebraska over Texas. Oshawn Mathis is a Cornhusker. Not by trade, but by university affiliation. He's a Cornhusker. And so many different ways to break this down, which we will do today on today's episode of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From an NIL perspective, a football perspective, and a transfer portal perspective. But I want to start with NIL because allegedly Nebraska offered O'Shawn Mathis upwards of $600,000 to come play defensive end at their university. And I want to start by saying that I support any young athlete taking advantage of the name, image, and likeness system to be paid for their athletic ability. Because for so many years, the NCAA took advantage of these student athletes and made money off of them while not allowing them to make money off of themselves. And so it was completely on one side of the pendulum. And now it has completely swung to the other side. Which is good for the players because the players are the product. But due to the lack of regulations on NIL the lack of structure, what was meant for players to profit off of their name, image, and likeness has now turned into a full-on pay-for-play free agency type system. I think a couple years ago, O'Shawn Mathis comes to the University of Texas. But we're playing a different game now. A game where prospects, if they choose, can simply just go to the highest bidder. And we've learned in the recent days, and it was confirmed today when he made his decision, that Nebraska was the highest bidder. Am I salty? Yes. Because I'm a Longhorn fan and we needed O'Shawn Mathis. I'm not salty that Nebraska outbid the University of Texas for his services. 
And I'm happy for Oshawn Mathis that he was able to bring in that type of money because none of us knows what the future tells. There's no guarantee he's going to go to the NFL. There's no guarantee he'll get another big NIL deal. And there's no guarantee that he'll be worth $600,000 after college. How do you turn down $600,000? Trick question, you don't. And so, like I said, I'm salty that the University of Texas did not get Oshawn Mathis. I am not salty that Nebraska was willing to pay him $600,000 plus, allegedly, to come to their university. Because this is the new game now. And if Texas wanted him bad enough, there was a market for him. And they weren't willing to pay what Nebraska and Oshawn Mathis felt like they were worth. So he went to a different school. And if you start to look back at it, you realize that this was all a negotiation tactic this whole time. Why were Texas fans so confident? Oh, because Oshawn Mathis came to the second full scrimmage. He was involved with the defensive players. And Oshawn Mathis came right back to the spring game the week before he makes his decision. He's obviously coming to the University of Texas. Or was he negotiating? Was he making those visits to the University of Texas to put pressure on Nebraska? Maybe increase that NIL package? Sure seems like it. This is where we are today in college football. They're going to the highest bidder. And Texas has the money. And I know what you're thinking as a Texas fan. Just close the deal. You've seen now Nebraska take Oshawn Mathis from the University of Texas. Which seems like chump change to a University of Texas, 700000 If you outbid him and he gets 600000 from Nebraska, you pay him seven hundred, whatever it is. But still a lot of money. You're seeing Texas A&M buy the number one recruiting class in the country. And it looks like they're getting close to buying another number one recruiting class in the country for 2023. And you're saying, why won't my big dumb school just pay the money? Stop being bougie and just pay the money. You need Oshawn Mathis. You need these players. We want to compete. We want to be better. We've been down for 10 years. Just pay him. And I don't agree or disagree with you. But let's think about it from a different perspective. Yes, Texas very well could have just outbid Nebraska for Oshawn Mathis. But what type of precedent does that set for the players on your team and the players you go after in the future in the transfer portal? And once again, I'm not saying that they shouldn't have paid Oshawn Mathis because clearly it's a huge need. I just want to take us to a different place really quickly. And let's start by going to a different sport. In college basketball in the NCAA tournament, we saw the Miami Hurricanes went to the Elite Eight before they lost to Kansas, the eventual NCAA tournament champions. A key member of that team, Isaiah Wong, decided to come back to the University of Miami. Miami, thinking they're on the cusp of something special, brings over one of the most dynamic players in the nation from Kansas State, Nigel Pack. Allegedly, his NIL package is upwards of $400,000. 
Isaiah Wong, who was already on the team and feels like he's been part of building up that culture, says, okay, well, I'm going to enter the transfer portal until my NIO package is increased. And it seems as though he's left the transfer portal since then. I'm not sure if his NIO package was increased or not. But that's the situation we're dealing with right now in college athletics. And so what message does it send to the rest of your team when a lot of the players on the team aren't getting paid or don't have many NIL deals at all? And the vast majority of the team, outside of a handful of players, aren't making $700,000. What message does that send to them? What message does that send to a defense who's been building and improving all spring? Spring, excuse me. What message does that send to players in the transfer portal in the future that Texas goes after? Who hear that number and feel like that's where the line starts? You pay Osama Mathis 700000 why not us? So once again, I'm not saying that Texas shouldn't have paid him. But there's consequences for every decision. And for whatever reason, Texas had the ability to outbid Nebraska for Oshawn Mathis. And they chose not to. Now it's time for us as Longhorn fans to move forward. Summer is coming. And with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Throw them in your bags, in your kids' backpacks. Make sure that everyone has a bar so you are fueled for your summer adventures. The best part about Built Bars, they're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both, and it's easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order now. All Built Bars and Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. Go to Built.com to get all your favorites, banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, and so many more. They are all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. Check them out at Built.com. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. From a football perspective, this is a huge loss. We looked at the two biggest needs on this football team being the pass rush and the offensive line. And with the offensive line, I think that there's a less clear picture of exactly what you have. On my last episode, I talked with John Garcia, director of football recruiting from Sports Illustrated, and he believes that football-wise, on the field-wise, Devin Campbell and Kelvin Banks have the pedigree to come in and start right away. So we know that this offensive line is going to be a work in progress, and we know that we may be putting a lot of pressure on true freshmen to come in and fix this offensive line right away. But we don't know if they're capable of that or not. They may come right in and be two of the best offensive linemen in the nation. Cole Hudson, who made his way up to the first team by the end of the spring. The combination of him, Kelvin Banks, and Demi Campbell could make this one of the best O-lines in the country. We certainly think they eventually will, but they may happen sooner than later. Also, play calling-wise, as we saw in the orange and white game and we'll see throughout the season, Sark's going to do a lot of things to protect this offensive line. Will they falter at times? Yes, every offensive line does, and especially an offensive line that is a question mark for a team. But I think there's ways that you can protect the offensive line. You can't do anything on the defensive end without a pass rush. 
And the more resources you have to allocate to your pass rush, whether that be blitzing, bringing people from different places, the more that you confuse your own defense and take away from your coverage on the back end. And so the best way to get pressure, the best way to stop opposing offenses is to be able to rush with four. And I don't know if Texas has that capability. And O'Shawn Mathis isn't an elite player. He had four sacks last season. He had eight sacks the season before. And we have some good players on the edge in Ovia Gofu, Baron Sorrells, who's really come on, Justice Finkley, who is still raw at this point, but he's making uh, progress. You got players like Jare Bledsoe and Jermon Tapp who will continue, uh, contribute to that pass rush. And when we talk about the pass rush, we never talk about the interior of the defensive line. I think they're going to have to be huge with the pass rush as well. Kendra Coburn, Alfred Collins, Tavondre Sweat, and Byron Murphy. I think what Oshawn Mathis brought to this defense is the most likely candidate to be a game wrecker at that edge position. I think he's the most NFL ready and has the most NFL type body out of the edge rushers that we currently have. And when you look at O'Shawn Mathis, like I said, he had four sacks last year, but nobody on the Texas team had more than two. He had eight sacks the season before. And do I think he's a Joseph Osai type player? No, I don't think he's as productive. But he gave you the best chance of having a player that you can say, you go out there every week and wreck opposing offenses change everything that they want to do, make them adjust to you, make them slide protection to you, open up other opportunities for the interior defensive line and the edge on the other side. Allow us to get a consistent pass rush for four people to have seven people in coverage on the back end or seven people, you know, allocated. Yeah, <laughs> on the back end. And him going to Nebraska is a huge loss. Because it's different in the transfer portal this late in the game. Now, a lot of players are entering the transfer portal from a lot of schools. We've seen that from the University of Texas. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But at this point, there aren't Oshawn Mathis's entering the portal. The players entering the portal now are players that have a pretty good idea that they won't be contributing to the current football team that they're on. And so... With Oshawn Mathis not choosing the University of Texas, it validates those serious questions we have about the pass rush. And now I think you're really relying on true freshmen to be ready right away against college offensive linemen to make a serious impact for this football team, a football team that only had 20 sacks last year. The second overall pick in the draft, Aiden Hutchinson, had 14 and a half by himself. The entire Texas football team had 20. So football-wise, it's a huge loss. Because I don't. although I don't think O'Shawn Mathis is an elite player, I think he was the closest to a dominant edge rusher that we would have had on this football team. And like I said, nothing on defense works without the pass rush, and I think they're going to have to do a lot of manufacturing to the pass rush this year. And so, as we talked about in the first segment, this is a huge need for this football team. And you may or may not feel like Texas should have done whatever they needed to do to bring in Oshawn Mathis and shore up that pass rush. At this point, that's water under the bridge because he's at Nebraska. He is a corn husker. 
So I think it's a huge loss for this football team, a huge loss for an improving unit that you would have dropped Oshai Mathis into right away. And we would have had a lot more faith going into the season that they'd be able to get a consistent pass rush on opposing offenses. Now I'm not sure that they'll be able to do that. And it concerns me that with some of the talent we have on the offensive end in the Big 12, some of the coaches, offensive geniuses we have in the Big 12, that they'll be able to move up and down the field on Texas. Texas might not be able to get off the field on third down. And Texas is going to be involved in some shootouts. Or time of possession-wise, offenses are going to move the field, move the ball down the field on this Texas defense, and that's less opportunities for this explosive Texas offense. I hate to put all of that on one player and say Oshawn Mathis would have fixed all of that, but I think he instantly would have stepped in and been the second or third best player on this defense. There's a reason that Texas was after him so hard. And with him not choosing Texas, I really don't see a realistic plan B other than the players we already have stepping up. They may or they may not. We'll have to wait five months to find out. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Bet online is your continued source for all your sport wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. So I just want to talk about the transfer portal really quickly. I talked about it with John Garcia, director of football recruiting from Sports Illustrated. And I know when we look at the transfer portal and the one-time transfer rule, just like NIL, it's gotten crazy. And it's completely changed college football. We just recently learned that Jordan Addison, who had 100 catches and 1,500 yards for Pitt last year, has entered the transfer portal. And all signs are pointing to him going to USC on a massive NIL deal. Now, this is a player who dominated at Pitt and in interviews has came out and said he wanted to stay at Pitt for life. Until USC came at him with life-changing money. That's the day and age that we live in now. And so once again, I talked about Oshawn Mathis. How do you turn down $600,000? Trick question, you don't. But when we look at the transfer portal and we look at the success of it, I think we only focus on the top tier players. And we never see how that affects the rest of the players on the football team. Or the rest of the players in the transfer portal, I should say. And when we talk about NIL, we talk about those top percentage of players that we know are going to get paid. But how does that affect the rest of the football team? And so there's a huge percentage, I think almost half of players that are in the transfer portal that have not found a home yet. Players that have entered the transfer portal. We've seen over the recent week, Texas has lost Dejon Harrison, Kilvante Dixon, Jaden Hullaby, David Abiara, Jordan Thomas, and Myron Warren to the transfer portal. And we'll lose more players. Now, this doesn't mean much for the University of Texas because they were already over the scholarship limit. And these are players that did not have a path to consistent playing time this year, at least as it looks right now. And there's players entering the transfer portal from all over the country. But I just want to highlight the fact that the transfer portal has been hit and miss. And it doesn't work out for every player. 
like I said, what, six have already entered the transfer portal from the University of Texas and more will. And statistically, almost half of them will not find a home. Or may end up having to go to a significantly smaller school than the University of Texas just to be a scholarship athlete or get playing time. Now, this situation is a little different because although they're entering the transfer portal for greener pastures, they more so had no choice. But I think when we glorify the transfer portal and talk about all the good that it's done for these kids, I don't want to be the 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 old stickler that says kids are are running from adversity or using the transfer portal anytime they face any type of hardship at their university. But just like creating a system in NIL where players can basically get paid to play, treat it as free agency, and just go to the highest bidder, how that can have pros and cons for your sport. I think glorifying the transfer portal in which so many kids are entering it thinking the grass will be greener because they were recruited heavily in high school or this team has a need or this team has a need. And then they end up without a scholarship. And it doesn't work out for them the way that they thought it would. These are affecting kids as well. At the end of the day, we have to realize these are student athletes, student before athlete. And while the NCAA is endorsing NIL and endorsing this transfer portal, what's lost in all of this is education, which is supposed to be the most important thing for these athletes. When you transfer to schools, you lose credits academically. It takes you longer to graduate. And if you're sitting in the transfer portal worried about where you're going to play football or basketball and no one's calling, that means you're not getting an education as well. So when we think about NIL and we think about the transfer portal, we focus on the top five to 10 percent. The players like Quinn Ewers and Oshawn Mathis, Ajay Hall, players that know they're going to be able to find another spot and thrive. But what about the rest of the players in the transfer portal? Who haven't found a home? Aren't getting, an, aren't getting an education and have no clear picture on what their future is. In college athletics or after that. It's a difficult situation. And like I said, we're endorsing the transfer portal. We're endorsing the NIL. And yes, it benefits the top five to 10% of student athletes in college sports. But we have to think about, has this been great for everyone? It's been great for some, but is it benefiting college athletics as a whole? And that's a question I don't think I have the answer to yet. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Longhorns, your daily number one source for all things Texas athletics. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Until next time, peace.